0: Okay, so welcome everyone to another session of our monthly powwow. And today we're very privileged to have two very dynamic guys who have a lot of things to teach us about and share with us. And the topic today is diversifying your business successfully. You know, in these times, in these challenging times, it's very important that we have a strong, solid, and diversified business. So that as the saying goes, you don't put all your eggs in one basket, or in my book, I, I call it, don't stand on one leg. Yeah. So the more legs you have in your business, the better. So we have two gentlemen. One has diversified his business across different product sectors, across different geographies and markets. Another guy who has diversified into other businesses, multiple businesses. So please help me welcome, first of all, uh, Chris Hing and also C. Tan. Yay. All right. Thank you, Peter. Yes, yeah.
1: thanks, Peter. Okay,
0: so before we start, you no, know, maybe Chris, uh, you could tell us a bit about your background, how you got started in this business and what, what business you are in. I know you're in manufacturing. Uh,
2: okay, thanks, uh, thanks, Peter. First of all, uh, Peter, I'm still scratching my head today, why you picked me? Uh, <laughs> that's a lot more qualified, people. Uh, you're qualified by results, you know. <laughs> Okay. Uh, a little bit of my background. So, uh, as what I shared with you earlier, uh, success uh, comes from a lot of failures. So I would rather share the failures than the success. Wow. So, uh, so mm-hmm. my my background is uh, actually I'm i I'm, I'm uh my dad was a uh, bankrupt. So it uh, growing up was not from a good uh fantastic environment. So that's 30 over years ago. I I have to go to the factory to help during the school holidays, all this. Uh, That's where I started. And 20 over years ago, I asked for school fees to go to US and I had to earn the rest. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, I graduated mechanical engineer. I couldn't have, I don't even have money to come home. I can't even buy the airplane ticket, so I have to work there for one year. Wow. I remember I sent out easily 500 resumes, I then only I got a job. So I wasn't that smart either if I want to compare with the rest. And uh, yeah, when I came back, uh, helped my dad to grow this uh, business from about uh, 20 packs to about 80 packs. And uh, unfortunately he di- diagnosed with Parkinson and I have to carry on for the past 10 years, uh, growing it from 80 to 130. Okay, Uh, today I, I would say we are the market leader in motorbike chases and components manufacturing in Malaysia, top three. And that, that's where we secure the ecosystem control in, in Malaysia. And in the process, yes, there's a lot of diversification uh, both the company and also myself, uh, across industries such as uh, trading, consultancy, training, property development, and I even went as far as US and Brazil. Like like, uh, I I don't even understand why did I do that. Now <laughs> seriously, <laughs> so that that that's a bit of my background.
0: Okay, all right. We'll come back to you in a while. Uh, Chris, thanks for that. Ah, uh, see. Why don't you tell us about yourself and how you got started in your many businesses?
1: Yeah, hi everyone. And uh so I, I, I just want to qualify myself. I'm here, not here to teach. <laughs> I'm not a lecturer. uh I'm here to share my personal, uh, my journey. Yeah, my business journey. I, I began my my career with Hong Kong Group. OL well, uh, then year two thousand, I started my company. That's uh, twenty one years ago. Uh, I graduated in the UK as a mechanical engineer, like Chris Hing. So both both of us and uh, some similarity. Ah. <laughs> uh, today, I think Peter like to pick a mechanical engineer. <laughs> <laughs> mechanical engineer is a very uh process the minded Okay. <laughs> so twenty one years ago, I started my company construction. Uh, growing from uh, uh, one-man show, so uh, to, to today, and uh, then I started the other company as well, uh, a trading company in Malaysia, uh, manufacturing of uh, water filtration product. Uh, then I set up a company uh, six, 17 years ago in Thailand, and uh, then subsequently ventures to Hong Kong. Uh, we started a company in Hong Kong. Uh, then. The latest uh, we acquire a farm uh, called J. Robert Farm. Uh, later, I will tell you more story. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm uh, uh, on and off, and for 21 years, I started uh, uh, probably more than 17 uh, companies yeah, before. So I'm here, like Chris uh, saying, a bit of a sharing uh, what is the pitfall, uh, the danger zone when you diversify. Uh, so, I believe I can share a bit of uh, experience. Uh, not here to teach, but my personal journey. So, what is do and don'ts? Uh, some certain thing for you to uh, cautious, cautious. Yeah? So, they don't, you don't learn from, from your art. Learn from other experiences is the cheapest way. Nah.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Excellent. So, we're going to do that in the next 20-30 minutes or so, or longer. Um, so, maybe let's start with Chris, No. So Chris, maybe you can tell us at what point you started to feel the need to diversify your business, and how did you go about doing that?
2: Okay, uh, when when we realized there's a need to diversify, is uh, one customer be, one customer becomes so huge, <laughs> they keep giving you new sales order until it becomes so big that you realize you need to find other customers to balance it out. So uh, that that is the Trigger point, and uh, we started to go into. Uh, we we are we we started with Hong Leong Yamaha, Hong Leong Yamaha yeah. Moto. Okay, so green, yeah. So same as brother brother Si <laughs> Tan Hong Leong Group. So we know how bad is it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so oh, how how did Yamaha. how did the Hong Leong deal come about? How did how did they, how did you manage to get okay. the Hong Kong business uh, Hong Leong business?
2: Uh, okay, my my dad was one of the pioneer in industrialization in Malaysia. So at that time, the graduates from UN, not many engineers. My dad is one of them. Ah. Uh, so I, that's why you need the the how, how to say it, the best best uh, best people in the country, there's not many at that time. So these are the cream of the crops uh, you, you would say. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. that's the chance. But today I would say there's no chance that's how the Hong Leong business came about. Uh, Yeah, when that business grow, then we are forced to look for automotive, like APM, Kayaba, we are diversifying into automotive car industry. Right? Uh, As we do that, we managed to bring the percentage down, but guess what? Uh, Yamaha keep piling even more. (laughs) So it bring the percentage up again. So we are forced to keep on looking for alternative, uh, into construction industry, electrical, electronics. And uh, finally, we are forced to go overseas because there's not much we can diversify in Malaysia. Mm. So, so that is the point where I'm flying quite a lot to overseas at that point of time. So, okay. so yeah, it, it was triggered by you need to grow at least 15% or 10% every year. And when you you start to search for where where are the clients, you you realize that that's becoming less and less you can look for. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's when we have to keep moving like I was saying. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, great. So it came from necessity, huh? not wanting to be vulnerable to one big huge customer. Huh? Okay. Great. Very good. See, what about you? Was it just uh, seven year each, or you know you felt that your your business was too boring for you or what what was it all about how did you when did you feel the need to diversify and how did you go about it yeah
1: yeah uh not the, not the, like marriage uh, seven years <laughs> each, uh. so yeah i've constantly even until today i'm constantly thinking and uh probably my my mindset a bit like how to manage uh forward thinking how to f- <clears throat> manage your crisis management like for example uh uh, I'm, I'm started a construction business uh, business growing every every year we are growing more than uh, uh, at the time 20 25 percent every year we are growing uh, my training business is growing but uh, that's a in you know, the the point and uh, we think about it you want to build uh, a constant stream of income because it's in construction industry I think uh, a KY is a former architect uh, you understand that the 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 construction industry. You secure a project, yeah, it can last you for uh three to four years or sometimes two years. Uh, you have a factory job, maybe uh one and a half years, uh, depending on speed. Uh, uh, so uh for, for architect probably they have to longer, maybe four or five years, uh the planning start and then until the the end. So yeah, sometimes and uh, you keep on repeating this kind of process. Uh, uh, you finish, you know, this. there's uh, the whole cycle. No? When you secure a job, wow, you're so happy. Uh, another another job, another job. But after the job, you, you execute it, then finish it. Then you have to find a new job. And the process keep on repeating and You feel tired then. So before I feel tired, I, I, I've already foreseen. Uh, uh, I, I I foreseen this is not a long-term solution. Uh, because I like to, because I, I work uh, from Hongryong group, and this is a culture, we always encourage you to work yourself out a job. That means you you fire yourself, and hmm. your, your staff and uh, your business, without you, can can continue. And this is the best business model. So I have to continue. I, I know my contract industry is unable uh, i need to involve and uh, i can train up my staff and uh, uh, but the the level of, uh, with <laughs> a personal touch uh, this is something that i cannot pass on very, very hard uh, so the processes and uh, those uh, like others and uh, execution of job and no uh, problem my my gm uh, my director they can handle so always i come to this point i always think what is next what's a better business, Mm. better business model. So how I started the 17 companies, uh, because I keep on trying. uh, And this has been going on for years. (laughs) Mm. Okay. yeah,
0: Okay. So obviously, you're a person with a lot of drive. And and I like like that motto, you know, work yourself out of a business, which means that your business has to be process process driven and be very good systems so that it can run by itself without you. And then that, that, that's really a real business, right? Where yep. you don't have to be there full time. And yep. then you have the time and the resource to look at other things and other projects. And was it 17 businesses you started? Wow. Yeah. it's <laughs> Amazing, no? Yeah. So I guess I guess there would have been some that became very successful and some that maybe didn't work out, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I closed more company than... Uh, uh, <laughs> <within it. laughs> okay.
0: all right so so since we're on the topic what were two or two or three lessons that you that you learned from from those experiences
1: you want to ask chris first or myself first
0: okay maybe we'll switch to chris
1: yeah
0: um okay um, let me resume okay so, Chris, um, as you went about in diversifying and looking for new business to balance off the big customer that you had, what were some key lessons and you know what opportunities did you take and what were some lessons that you learned along the way, maybe you could share that.
2: Okay, I, I think uh, as we move along the challenges is too much really too much challenges <laughs> because. Uh, you're going into something that you doesn't know, so you have to find a lot of answers, and then no one is going to teach you anything. Yeah. So, so those are the challenges that has to be overcome. Uh, if you ask me about the mistake, I would say not specializing is a mistake, because in the beginning it was like, yeah, everything also sapu all. <laughs> it's like everything sapu all. Then, in the end, you also let go. Why? Because it's not in line with your future. So I, I would say specialization is very important, aligning mm. to the future where you want to hit so that don't waste so much time on getting customers in and then let go let go, let go, again because mm. it is not aligned. Okay, I, I find that is a mistake. Taking every single bis- business is not correct. It has to fit fit the company vision. Mm. Uh, so being
0: selective about the customers, right? Having a set of maybe three, four, five criteria of who would make uh, the best customer and making sure you don't compromise on those. I, I but,
2: would say I would say keep adding value uh-huh. to, to the business until there's not much competitor. Okay. Like if, if if let's say uh, for mine it's like Metal stamping, then I look around, there's like probably like a few hundred competitors. And then when you add in spot welding and you add in pipe bending, then you look around again, you look around, you say, wow, left hundred only. And you add in robotic weldings, you add in assembly welding, then you look around again. Ah, now left 20 only. (laughs) (laughs) And then and then when you go specialize into just motorbike, you leave the car out of the picture. Oh, now you're top three. So so when there's a top three, in I, I always believe like, if you cannot win in your own country, don't go outside. You yeah. don't stand a chance. Yeah. So when top three are ready, then yes, yeah, we can go overseas ready. We are ready to compete with overseas. So that specialization is very important instead of ending up with 200 customers and nowhere. There's nowhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So you're talking about moving up the value chain, going up higher and higher in the value chain so that there are fewer and fewer competitors. And then you stand out and you become outstanding. Yes. So how long, how long was that process? And you know, when when did you feel that okay, I gotta go beyond this this country, beyond the beyond the boundaries of this, this market?
2: Uh when we are ready to go overseas and is when we become top three already. Okay. Uh then only.
0: So that process
2: was what, 10 years or something? Uh I was the company took 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right.
0: So a lot, a lot of a lot of peaks and troughs and lessons and challenges along the way, right? Which, which you overcame step by step. But the wonderful thing about hindsight is you, you see all this in perspective, and then you see the landscape that you've gone through. And now you're driven more by vision and where you want to go and the mission of your business. And, that, uh, right?
2: and I think one, one, one big corporation I have to thank for this is Hong Neon Group. Because I was following the right leader. Mm. They taught me a lot of things. Okay. Just, just like what Brother C mentioned. Even we are just a supplier but the way they treat us, the way they show us, they help us to look very far ahead. Mm. These, these are the Thing I'm thankful about.
0: Okay. All right. So it was a very good strategic relationship. Huh? So not only, not only they didn't make you vulnerable by being their biggest by being their biggest customer, but they, they taught you some things as well, which was very valuable, right? Because they, they, they had they, they they do things in a very long-term perspective.
2: Oh, they, they keep cutting your course until you have to stretch your head to find out how to how to, how to move forward. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: Well, that's very interesting. All right. Okay. So let's go back to C. So C, maybe you can tell us, you know, what uh, what were some of the challenges and pitfalls you encountered you know, in your journey of uh, diversification?
1: Yeah, I, I would not have to share uh, all the stories. I, I just speak probably just one. Okay. Uh, so that's uh, about, I think about nine years ago. Yeah? Nine years ago. So we started the restaurant business. Uh, we started one French restaurant, six uh, Chinese restaurant, and one central kitchen, and one f- big fish fish farm. So mm-hmm. the fish farm is sixteen acres uh, aquaculture. So the concept is from, from aquaculture, Fish farm. We directly supply to all the restaurants, and we want to build a chain outlet, uh, like probably to to like KFC kind of stars. So, so this is a pitfall. Yeah, we took took us about two years to plan. Uh, we consultant, we all all the doctors and you know, planned it. We thought it's a, wow, very well. Uh, the like almost ninety percent. We are well prepared. We put aside the money and just head on our new diversification. So, oh, this one, we look back and uh, it's a big mistake. That's why I always start uh, one of the key points uh, today. Uh, I can share with you guys that uh, you want to start the diversify your business, always start small. Yeah, we permit uh, a lot of cash, all hard cash. We Because we want to start a business, we bought the 60 acres of land some oh. fish farm, 60 acres, farming, minimum of dollars, and start the uh, six restaurants together, and <laughs> central kitchens. You know, we, we manage about a few hundred workers at a time, just beyond uh, my original workers and uh, my construction were a few hundred workers. Additional is short period of time so I'm like, six months, we add another few hundred workers. I'll tell you, every day, I only manage to sit uh, three to four hours. Uh, wow. At it's a it's a it's a biggest challenge in my 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 life uh, at the time because uh, about eleven years ago I, I have a uh, ten years ago I got newborn baby at the time uh, I, I just have a few months old baby uh, then with my my church I started a new church with my pastor <laughs> <laughs> and I started such a big business. Whoa. <laughs> It's beyond my uh, capability, frankly speaking. Yeah, my physically, uh, my mental I still very strong, but my my physically I flat. and uh, I, I don't have strength. Yeah, so just manage all these businesses and I, as, as, at the, at one time, it's beyond me. Yeah, so then business initially doing very well, but a lot of things and uh, happens and uh, eventually because uh, a kind of story short and uh, we closed uh, all this restaurant business yeah uh, mm. so
0: so how how long was that venture see uh, uh
1: two and a half years wow okay yeah, yeah. Was, was there a point where was there a point where it was profitable or was it was it uh... initially yes it's profitable sir. so okay. but uh, eventually we have a uh, encounter. Uh, the chef and uh, a lot of problems uh, because mm. there's so many restaurants we cannot uh, monitor mm. the
2: Absolutely. chef
1: uh, corruption. They, they partner with supplier and mark up ten percent. Uh, you know our our fish is from our farm, so every month we send every time we send let's say five hundred uh, piece of fish, uh, but every month stock take uh, one restaurant they will. Uh, we went missing at least 500 to 600 fish. Mm. So can you imagine? Uh, all fish all gone missing then. I uh, ask the chef and ask the chef to say, "Hey, where is this stock take and not tally?" Oh, say I don't know. You ask the foreign workers. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, all, all kind of things that. Uh. So yeah,
0: so in in the, in running restaurants, one of the areas you need to prevent is block leakages from the kitchen. No,
1: exactly. Yeah. So
0: this is where there's a lot of hanky panky that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. So so, yeah. what were what were the top two or three lessons from this venture that did
1: not go well? Yeah. Uh, the the biggest uh, lesson I learned always always you know, start small. Don't uh, start big. Mm. Yeah. So my other venture why it can successful because I allowed myself uh, go through a learning curve. Mm. So the business plan, yeah, is a business plan. It's still it's still a theory. Yeah. Until you you step into uncharted water. And this is a real war. <laughs> Sometimes real life and uh, theories is quite a bit different. Huh? Yeah. So yeah. you allow your time and time to, to learn, to adjust yourself, and allow your staff as well to, to yes, go through all these and come together with you. Yeah. Uh, this yes. is very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah especially when you're aggressive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially when you are totally going into a totally different industry altogether. Huh?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. And and I guess I guess it's good to also take stock of our own personal strengths and our own personal uh, areas for growth, no? So sometimes we tend to be very spontaneous, and maybe too too uh, you know and because of that, no? Our enthusiasm, we're driven by enthusiasm, and sometimes that drives us to a lack of being prudent, right? So we take decisions to maybe they're not so prudent. Okay, very good. But the great thing is you were able to survive. <laughs> and come through yeah, that but, and still carry on no
1: yes that's why the business model is very important and yes, we set this money aside so we set this money aside as we uh, we discuss among all the directors okay this we set this uh, x amount of money aside to start the new business okay this is the worst scenario we burn all the money true enough we burn all <laughs> we lost uh uh many many minutes, uh, Just we put aside and it's a very worst come true <laughs> not the the best come true uh, <laughs> worst scenario but put joke aside at least you still have a business model at least you you budgeted uh, how much money you want to spend you won't we won't go to the parents company yeah
0: yeah yeah okay very good okay I'm gonna gonna change gears a bit and shift to a different topic and bring us back to the now no so, Chris, I'm going to ask you. You know what? What were some of the maybe top two or three challenges that you've had to go through during the last eighteen months of this fantastic pandemic? Totally, you know, un, unforeseen situation, uh, very very challenging for most people. So, what were some challenges, and how how you get, how are you going through it, Chris?
2: Okay. Uh, if I'm talking about the Malaysian business, uh, the Malaysian business only la- uh, I, I would say when we are in control of the whole ecosystem, it cannot be too wrong. It, it won't go too far out already. So with the pandemic also, it's pretty much in control. It, you just imagine our sales depends on the population growth. Yeah, if mm. the population is there, it's confirmed it's <clears throat> there. So this is kind of the thing we are looking at. So we already have a very, very... Uh, accurate projection for the next uh, five years, we already have that. So uh, for us in a market leader position, it's not hard to control in this sense. Okay, Uh, so I would say the first pandemic uh, caught us, uh, but to us it's like, if there's anything happened to us, the other 95% of the companies in Malaysia already cannot make it. Mm. Right, so but because of this lesson, after the March last year, when we go back to work, we immediately work on all the bank facilities, refinancing all with the better rates, everything, and get all the cash ready. Mm. We, we, we even have the lower loans, everything. Yeah, we don't need it, but just prepare. Mm. So, when, when this time when it comes around. Actually, we can last very long because everything is there, all the facilities. Okay. And, and we sometimes we even use it to pay up the loans that is higher interest rate and it, it already makes sense. So I, I would say that the financial part of forecast and planning is in a very long run is very important. Like uh, even now uh, people is asking, you're still paying your stuff yeah, I'm paying my stuff, full salary, full, yes. How How are you going to survive? Very simple. If I'm going to give them two months bonus, I just give them up front now. When it comes to bonus time, I don't give so much bonus. (laughs) That's all. But it balance back the whole year accounts. Mm. So this is, uh, I find with this kind of planning, actually, it will not have much effect uh on the whole thing
0: okay so uh, that's a very corporate way of looking at things huh, chris and if i can summarize what you're saying is the ecosystem has already been developed so you have a very steady and stable business on top of that you took advantage during the first lockdown last year when the pandemic first hit to restructure all your loans taking advantage of low low rates and all that and, and building up a cash power which you didn't need but which you have access to now to reduce some of the higher cost loans and to finance any eventuality that you you may need, number one. Number two, you were able to not take any salary cuts for any of your staff, keeping them intact because yours is quite a high-skilled business. And with 100 over staff, you're able to keep them and maintain the level of pay and all that without any salary cuts. So that's quite, quite amazing, no? Okay. Um, can you maybe can you maybe shed some light on this ecosystem you talk about?
2: Okay, uh, for, for example, uh, it's like if we know the population is growing by 2%, 3%, and the, the age group that's going to buy motorbike is 15 to 25, you can pretty much calculate what's the consumption over the next five years mm. based on the demographics.
0: I see okay, right? but, but wouldn't wouldn't the drop i mean wouldn't the slowdown in the economy affect the purchasing power of this group of people? wouldn't that yeah. slow down?
2: okay, so what they are looking at is yeah the the guys that cannot buy might end up have to take bus, but the guys who is buying cars will end up buying motorbikes ah so so it's okay. still to us is this is still a necessity it's called transport okay. is'. <inaudible> is transport is a necessity in life okay if it's either you choose which mode only okay okay right. got it and Fantastic. and when and when we we decide to pay the workers is as simple as if we can afford we don't pay then who is going to going to consume in the country <laughs> and everyone will die together <laughs> <laughs> so if we can afford we have to sustain the economy. That's yeah. what what we feel. Yes. yes.
0: That's that's a very good uh, how shall I say, very, very benevolent way to approach business, no? So I unlike unlike some business owners I know or that I've seen now, where they take the opportunity to actually cut and they're actually taking the opportunity, you know, whereas you're taking a more holistic and a more humanistic approach to things. Huh? Okay, very good. Thanks um moving to C, C, maybe you can share with us your top one or two challenges and how did you overcome them during
1: this pandemic crisis yeah so yeah i i might thank uh as like chris say uh hong group uh. <laughs> so i was uh, with hong group at the time i gone through a uh, 97 uh, together with hong group um, at the time my coo so they taught me a very good lesson. so uh, subsequently uh, we managed to uh, overcome many challenges in in, in uh, environment, business environment. So uh, ninety seven is quite quite bad at the time. So uh, yeah, just like you mentioned, one of key your cash flow is a uh, number one important. Yeah, it's not your your profit is important, but cash flow even. More important because your cash flow is like uh, the blood uh, inside yep. inside your, your body without blood you will die uh, you don't need to get cancer whatever <laughs> without blood simply you will you were gone yeah so at the time and uh my my you know before 90 my 97 uh, 95 96 and uh it was, i i believe uh all quite a number of uh very senior person here uh People are talking about expansion, because business is so good at the time, I, our factory is like, it cannot cook. And those days, uh, we cannot cook until, let's say, somebody asks us to cook uh, below 500,000. We tell them, sorry, I don't have time to cook for you. <laughs> the, the job is too small for us, <laughs> until this kind of know. And we are so busy, and uh, I work every day until sometimes 2am, 3am in the morning, AM go punch my cut punch card, and it's kind of, it's kind of routine uh, at the time. Very very business. At uh, the time I, my COO and make uh, the OWL uh, Behat make a very good decision. Uh, we are all of us under pushing because we are still young, just the department uh, manager. So we are pushing. A hey, we need to expand, we need to expand. We cannot because we need more pen manpower. Uh, our factory needs to do expansion, we cannot cope with our delivery my, my uh, COO uh, took one of a uh, subcontractor, say, okay, can you have a factory, a fabrication factory. We set up everything for you. We provide tools for you, you give a training. You become an outsource, uh, another, another few lines. Uh, we outsource everything for you. Wow, the subcontractor is so happy. It is like, like VIN <laughs> mm-hmm. at the time is 1995. And people don't understand, hey, why you want to, uh, the Chinese say, uh, you have an opportunity to earn all. You earn all, uh, why you have to pass it on to other person. So we don't understand. Uh, but 97, it came. We just, that means the outsourcing part, uh, we just stopped. Our OL group is still very intact. Of course, we lost a bit of exchange uh, at the time because the US dollars and the uh, yeah. it Malaysia. <laughs> We, at the time we're still very really intact. Right? So from this real life experience I learned and right? so majority of my companies I, we keep uh, uh, our earnings, keep in the company. We don't like uh, shareholder uh, dividends and right? we declare everything that right? until no, no saving. Uh, so we cash flow is number one very important and the second things I, I can share is that right? uh, you must quickly learn. Uh, continued learning is one thing, but have to learn fast enough. Like for example, for the last 18 months, we took over J Robert Farm. We uh, this farm, the basic business is a B2B business. We need to really respond. It took us about a couple of months, we transformed to online business, become B2C. We, we, we don't have a kind of know-how, we engage a consultant and quickly set up our B2C platform. Yeah, so we must. You must be uh, able to, to to do that. Then, uh, these these few things are, uh, uh is, is very very important, uh, uh, So and the uh, the another point I can share is that uh, don't continue to, uh, network, uh, networking is very important. Sometimes uh, all the ideas, uh help is come from a network, networking group. Yeah, that's a saying. I think it's very famous. Your network is your net worth. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't think don't want to take too much time of. Uh, uh, now it's already 4:50. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Peter, mm-hmm. pa- pa- pass back to you.
0: Okay. Thanks. Thanks for that insight. Um, Chris, any last words of advice to our audience in terms of diversifying and being successfully uh, being successful and diversifying in business?
2: Okay. Uh, I think talk about the failures, lah. The failures is uh, the failures, my failures is because I go out of my specialization. That's my failure. I go into uh, other businesses like property development, go to US, go to Brazil. That that's my failures. Uh, so uh, what I learned from all this is uh, all the time is ask why you should win not not uh, thinking that you should win all the time, but when you win, uh, you've got the project, why should you win? How come? How mm. come you should win?
0: <laughs> mm. If
2: you cannot find a reason you should win, something is wrong. Something is very wrong with it. If you cannot find a reason, you should win. Mm. Uh-huh. So uh, the from all these lessons, I, I pretty much, uh, shrink down all my areas of investment to, uh, number one is I make sure this is the industry I have the most years of experience compared to anyone else. That's why my, my chances to win very, very high. Okay. okay. Second criteria is I must love that thing. If I don't love the industry, I don't love that that business, just sell it off. Don't waste time. Even if it's making money.
0: Mm. Uh,
2: because eventually it will die. <laughs> I will say eventually <laughs> it will die because you don't love it, you don't work on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you don't give it the due attention.
2: Yes, even if it's making money, it will also become losing money. <laughs> Put mm. it that way. Mm. Uh-huh. So I stick to this rule today. More than that, the diversification I always... Hire the best of the best to do it mm. and pay them. <laughs> in other words, it's like you are just paying to the fund managers to do the job. If you think you need to diversify to all over the world or all across whatever industry, also, yeah, mm. I just hire the best fund managers. That's all. Don't even go in and try to do it yourself. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, great, great advice, uh, Chris. So the last point is something like what I what I was told by, about Lim Gotong, you know. So we know Lim Gotong doesn't have anything near a degree, but his great ability was to source good people, find good people, pay them very well to run his business. Yeah? So I think that's that's a bit of your philosophy. And just want to go back to the point about you know, the asking the question of why you should win. Can I can I say that's kind of like um,
2: making sure you have a strong value proposition. Okay. uh, Why I arrive on on this is uh, sometimes we go into the deal thinking we are so good and so smart. That's the problem. The ego comes in. Mm. Like like when I went to Brazil and US, that's the problem because the ego comes in and you think you're so smart. But if you ask from another angle is why should you win? then you start to be able to come up with things, hey, is there no such person in that country that has can do this? Is there no such smart person in that country? Then you realize, yeah, something is wrong if I win. <laughs> ah, th- this, is, this is the meaning. <laughs> <you. All> right. <laughs> it's more than just looking
0: at value proposition. I'm looking at, are you biting off more than you can chew and making assumptions which are totally emotionally driven rather than factual, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Very good. Excellent. And actually, you know, sometimes we are our own worst enemy. You know, because we don't manage our emotions very well, and that that can lead to either um, acting without prudence or being brash or rash or whatever. And you know? also, so very good. Thanks
1: for that. Um. Any last words from C before we wrap it up? Yeah. Just uh. Uh. This is a summary what I've uh, before uh, every time uh, I want to start a new company uh, this whole process I I will I will go through it and uh, I think the first point is uh, you need to identify a need uh? the need is not your need any the customer needs and uh, this business is it sustainable it's very important uh? you can engage a consultant to do a survey business survey so you have to identify a need first uh? and draft a business model is very important Uh, you don't know how to draft it uh, talk to Peter <laughs> he's a he's an expert and uh, a big promotion for you <laughs> and uh and very important and uh, sometimes I uh, will our own enemy uh, like Chris say sometimes you think you are so smart And uh, you, you need to have a mentor uh, sometimes and uh, uh we we think uh we want to be someone mentor but we need to Ourself uh, need to engage a mentor to continue to coach as it's very important. Yeah, it's a lifelong, uh, continued learning process. So, even you have gone through one your, your of the best of your industry, something for you to learn as well. Uh, so, my mentor, who is my mentor, my all the Hong Leong director is still in touch with me. They are all in 70 something. Uh, my uh, another one is my uh, APEC and uh, presidents. Those is a US company uh, because that time is a U- my company is a US joint venture. Uh, one of my GM he went there, become a president for APEC business. Yeah, so he still continues my mentor. So and another one is my my own brother. Yeah, he's sixty six years old. Uh, uh, he's still holding a high position uh, in the He's the second man of uh, Sambawang. So uh, us, yes, yeah. no, the whole congregation, uh, they, all, mm-hmm. they have all types of business, uh, many, many, Yeah. Yeah. They have okay. a power plant and uh, yeah. my, my brother is the one to diversify their business to a power plant, to okay. new water, you know, recycle water.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, this
1: is all my brother's project. Uh. So uh, I talked to him and uh, before, after that, I dropped a business plan and I always talk to this mentor. So, hey. I, I this uh, this business, they will ask, they'll throw you all kind of questions and uh, uh, so you have to defend yourself, your own business model. <laughs> <laughs> so from uh, this process and you fighting and fighting, you. Sometimes uh, I, uh, before even take off and uh, you you check it with because you know this business model is <laughs> not good enough. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, this there's, uh, you need to test your business model. Uh, uh your then also, you need to have a thing before you launch any product, your business, and you need to think of a market strategy. Uh, so again, you don't know how to do it, and uh, engage someone. Uh, it's very good in the marketing strategies, and you uh, can uh, plan together. Uh, then again, just uh, like I shared before, start small, very important. Uh, don't show it gear up to uh, full, full gear, <laughs> engage your first gear first, then story ramping up. <laughs> <laughs> very, very important. Uh, then uh, eventually you scale up. And, uh, and the last thing uh, I, I must emphasize again: cash flow. Cash flow uh, cash flow. Very important. Uh? Without planning of cash flow, you cannot go very far. Yeah. Okay, pass back to Peter.
0: All right. So that was great sharing, you know, from both of you gentlemen. I'd like to really express my thanks to both of you. Been a great uh I think it'll come up to about 40 minutes in our session. A lot of of nuggets, a lot of good learnings, and I hope uh, the audience will take this into their business and adapt from it, learn from it, and apply all the principles that you guys have shared. So thank you very much. And uh, before before we open up for Q&A,